You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to tell you what's happened with me lately. I'm going to be a little transparent here. I'm pretty transparent. I try not to be overly transparent, but I try to let you in on a little bit of what God's doing in me because I think a, I think a, a great leader, and I'd like to believe God that by the time I'm at the end of my life that I really, people could say he was a great leader. And I think one of the things that makes a great leader is humility. Meekness, which is basically humility, meekness is not weakness, it's strength. It's good for people, especially leaders, to say, hey, I want to show you, I want to show you where I missed it here so that you won't fall on the same thing. And I went through and I, and I sat right back there last night and I was praying and the Lord delivered a, a word to me, and then he gave me a scripture verse to really seal something in my heart. And when I told Liz, she's like, yes, I was praying that God would do that. I'm like, thanks. But seriously, thanks. It's awesome to have a praying wife. Um, and so I, I had been experiencing some things um, concerning attack from the enemy. And I just got a little bit of time left. And so um, I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare, which is a... 30-week topic, but I'm going to condense it into just a few minutes here. Um, but I had been experiencing some attack, and here's the deal, is that a lot of times people will say, the enemy's been attacking me, and they almost, they give him this, this credit as if he's got this ability to come in and do things. He moves through deception, he does not move through strength. He's been stripped of his power, I can show it to you from the Word. He has no power other than what we allow him to have through his cunningness and his craftiness. And so when we let our guard down and the enemy comes in and speaks lies and deceptions, those kind of things, that's when he comes in and will, will attack people. That's what gives him access. And so I had given him, him access. I wasn't doing any weird thing or wasn't off in any weird sin or whatever, but he was just attacking my mind. Does that make sense? And so, and so I had these thoughts that were coming to me, but I, it was interesting because at the same time I was dealing with the thoughts, it was like I almost didn't realize I was in a battle. And this was a this is a word. Um, I actually felt so strong about it. I, I don't text Joseph Z very often, but whenever I really feel stirred about something that I feel like is broad, I might say, "I want to show you what the Lord showed me." And I actually texted this to him and told him what I had been going through, but that I felt like it was there was a lot more people going through because he might use that in some application of ministry or whatever. Um, but this is I felt like this was a word for us for sure that there are some of you that you have been in battle and you have you have fallen into apathy. But you've fallen into apathy because it's almost like you've had a cloud. It's like there's been a smoke screen and you've not really realized that you've been in a battle. And see, we shouldn't put an overemphasis on battling the devil and stuff like that. Because if you're, I've met people, it's like, you know, their ministry is like, I'm all about fighting the devil. Then you have no ministry at all. If your enemy is all about, I mean, if your ministry is all about spiritual warfare, you have no ministry. Jesus didn't call the disciples to go into all the world and fight the devil. He said to preach the gospel. But it's true that the enemy hates us, and we should not be ignorant of his devices. I, I, I like the picture in Nehemiah where it talks about the builders who were building the wall. It says that they had a, their tools in one hand, and with the other hand, they held a sword. Because we have to both build, 
move forward with what God's called us to, and we have to fight off the enemy at times. And we have to always be on alert and really be a watchman over our own heart and over our own mind. And as soon as we put our sword down, it's like the enemy is just looking because he doesn't have unlimited resources. You don't have 50 of your own demons that are, that are attacking you. I mean, some people could have that. I mean, Legion had 1,000 or whatever, or the, the, the guy that, that had the Legion was like 1,000. So, I mean, that could be true, but the enemy does not have unlimited resources. He has what he has. And what he's looking is for someone to put their, their sword back in their sheath or to take their sword off and just toss it and, and just go on about their merry way. And wham, those are the people that he's going to hit. We have to stay on guard all of the time. And so I found that I let my guard down in some areas and I found myself in this place and I prayed and asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I feel like I've been disoriented in battle. And as soon as I said that, he began to unfold some things to me and show me how I had grown apathetic. And I'm just being honest with you. Is this all right? So if you're like, I can't believe you were doing that. Well, you've done it too. So be careful. <laughs> you who are without sin, cast the first stone. So, but I found myself apathetic, and then all of a sudden, and this went with the word that, that the Lord gave through Liz and different, some different things that came together, and I, all of a sudden, I was like, you know what, Lord? I've not been really paying attention to the fact that you have called me to do something, and all of you are called to do. God's called you to do something. You're here with the purpose. You've got destiny on your life. And when you start to move forward, here is an always true statement. When you move forward with what God has for you, the enemy will always try and come against you. It's what he does. That's his nature. That's what he's about. He wants to stop the kingdom of God from moving forward. And the kingdom of God works through us. It comes manifest through us. It's made known through us. So whenever, whenever we get off our horse and we get focused on things that aren't even real because the devil is all about throwing things at us to get our focus off the answer, which is Jesus, and on the problem. And the next thing you know, we're in this whirlwind of whatever's going on. We've climbed off our horse. We've laid down our weapons, and we're dealing with something, not realizing we're fighting in the wrong place. We're looking in the wrong place, and we're actually losing ground instead of gaining ground. Is this making sense to anybody? Can anybody say that I felt a little bit disoriented lately, cloudy, foggy? I just want to see a show of hands. If that's any of you, I want every one of you to stand up. Oh, my gosh, it's almost everybody, like three-fourths of you. Probably. If that's you, if it's not you, it's fine. You don't need to stand up. But if that's you, you felt disoriented, you felt foggy, and felt like, what's going on? That's going to end right now in Jesus' name. Just lift your hands to the Lord. You can lift one or none since you're holding a baby. But uh, hallelujah. Just lift your hands to the Lord. So Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. I want everybody to say this. Jesus, Jesus. you are the answer. You are the, answer. You are the Lord over my mind and heart. And I will not look to the left or to the right, but I'm only going to look to you. Thank you for saving my mind and setting me free and setting my feet upon the rock. I put my trust in you. Now in Jesus' name, you nasty spirits, leave me alone. Mind, be free. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. hallelujah. Now I declare that I will walk free in Jesus' name. No more disorientation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Now let's look here. 
at Ephesians chapter 6. This is very familiar, but it's good to have familiar scriptures because if they're familiar to you, then you can go to them and utilize them in the way that God intended us to utilize them. And it was almost like I've read Ephesians 6, I don't know, probably thousands of times in my life. It's one of my favorite. And it was like I was so disoriented, I didn't even have enough sense to stand up and say, all right, let's look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. All you have to do is read the first verse, and it will change your entire outlook. Hallelujah. Finally, my brethren. Now, I want to tie this into what I, what I first shared about the enemy wanting us to be divided over stuff. I got, I got news for you. Uh, vaccine talk won't be, it won't be anything in heaven. <laughs> Shouldn't divide us here. Now, if someone wants to be like, Jesus isn't Lord, you can get divided over that. You have my full blessing. If someone's going to say, Jesus is not Lord, let's be best friends. Hasta la vista, baby. You do it in love, but you don't, have to, you don't need to be connected with people like that. That's going to be a dividing factor in heaven. Actually, it'll be a dividing factor before heaven. <laughs> so, you know, this is how crazy our world is. I saw, and, and I could not even believe my own eyes. I had to go back and read it, but uh, Breitbart, I think is how you say it, um, they put out this article. <laughs> it's so it's so S-T-U-P-I-D. Kids are in here. I can't say that bad word. It is. It is so that. Harvard started as a Bible, Bible school or seminary. Harvard just made their lead chaplain or the president of their chaplain association or something like that, just made their head guy who is in charge of it, he is an atheist. That is ignorance gone to seed. How dumb can you get and still breathe? And the, the, these are people that are educating our elites that are running our country and running our world. <laughs> I only had one, one term, educated idiots. I mean, there's, there's no other. It's like, what, how, how can that even be? It, just the idea of a chaplain, it's, it's all about the Lord. It's all about taking people and connecting them with the Lord and helping them through their whatever. I mean, that's what chaplains do. They're like a pastor for whatever organization. It's crazy. And they're like, well, we actually don't see the Lord as, or, you know, uh, people. It's like, it's more broad, you know, all this humanistic kind of stuff going on. It's like, well, people's needs are more broad and Jesus isn't always the answer. God's not always the answer. Spirituality is not always the answer. And it's like, wow. You got spirituality going on, but it ain't in a good way. <laughs> Anyways, it's crazy the world we're living in. It's just crazy, but God. God's still good. So it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Do you know what wiles means? It means cunningness. It means craftiness. It's deceitful type of uh, movement. And that's how the enemy works. He comes in to work against our thinking, against our mind, to twist our mind, to twist our thinking, to get us to believe lies to where we start to move in the direction of the lies instead of moving in the direction of the truth of what God says. You have to understand this. When it talks about the whole armor of God, all of this is in the spirit of our mind. 
It's all in the spirit of our mind. And let me say this about the armor. There is not, I'm gonna, and we're going to go through here and read this, there's not one piece of armor that's made for the back. It's all for the front side. That means that our posture should always be one. We stand in God's power and in God's might, but should always be one where we're, we're standing, ready to come against, ready to, to fight in God's strength, ready to fight against anything that the enemy would bring against us. That's the posture of our heart all the time. And that's just how the enemy is, is if you, you give, and I've found that fear, and fear is, this is the definition that God gave me, fear is any thought that produces tormenting emotions based on speculation of what may or may not happen. Any thought that produces tormenting emotions based on speculation of what may or may not happen, fear is always negative about the future. Oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if blah, 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 blah. And you live in that place and it will totally destroy you. I found that fear is almost like a gateway demon. Fear is actually a literal demonic spirit. And here's the deal is that a lot of times the spirit of fear will come in and work in somebody and will train that person to think a particular way about things. And they got other business to do. They leave that person alone and leave that person in their cyclical mess thinking the same thoughts and they're off doing other things. A lot of what we deal with is because our minds have been trained by the wrong spirit. I don't want to get into like a demonization or whatever, but I, you know, I hear people that they say things like, Christians can never be possessed by a devil. Well, first of all, using the word possession is not always the best word. When you go and look at the Greek, you know, we, when you read the English translations, it will often say possession, but there are other forms of demonization. I just put it like this, the enemy wants to influence people. And so the, where he influences people is in their minds. It's, it's in their, it's in their, I'll say it even, I'll say it this, this way, it's in their psyche because it's psychological warfare. He operates in the realm of psychological warfare. Your mind, your will, your emotions, and your conscience Less, unless we keep uh, ourselves under guard, even when it is under guard, the enemy will still try and attack. But especially if we let our guard down, that's when he will come in and rob and steal from us. And often it's in the form of fear. Is the, is the, I've just, I can't give you scripture verse for this, so this is total kentology. But from my experience, fear is like a gateway spirit. And if you begin to get into speculation and worry and you get anxiety, it will open you up to a lot of other stuff that you do not want to be opened up to. So when you find yourself being like, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with the economy? What's going, these are real thoughts that people have. What's going to happen with my job? Let me tell you something. I am fighting for you and your job and your financial situations. There are people in this room, there are some of you that are watching online, you're facing some tough things. And largely because of the, the vaccine thing. You have a, a core belief of like, I'm not doing that. And they're telling you, if you don't, you're going to be fired. So just make it known, anybody that needs religious exemption, that's a part of this church, you need religious exemption, I will sign something for you gladly with a smile, with cheer and glee. And I hope that that will work out for you. But listen, no matter what happens, God's got your back. He's greater. He's stronger. He saw this coming. And so no matter what it looks like, God is going to take care of you. You just stick close to him. Amen. But there's all of these, this, 
this fear and all of these things that go on with people, and we have to shut that stuff down. I actually meant to start this message by saying this. This is what I meant to say, is that I'm not preaching this for you, I'm preaching it for me. I've never said that before about any message that, to my knowledge, to my remembrance, but I'm not preaching this for you. I mean, I am, but I'm really preaching it for me. I have to remind myself of this because the, the, it's like the enemy is amping up what he's doing, which should not make us be fearful. It should just make us aware. He's an opportunist. So when all of the, it looks like the world is coming to an end, if you have any thought of, oh my gosh, what's happening here? You better believe that he's going to be right there going, oh, let me tell you what's getting ready to happen here. But he's like chicken little. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. And the sky doesn't ever fall. I'm not saying that there's not some bad stuff happening. There's, there's some rotten stuff happening. You know, all the stuff going on, going on with COVID? People, people had to physically deal with some very, very real stuff. And I grew another level of compassion for people physically dealing with stuff. But do you realize that COVID, however you believe it came into the world, even though it was manufactured and has a patent on it, um, <laughs> it was intentional. Now, whether it was released intentional, there could be some debate about that. But anyways, um, it's in our world to stay. Doesn't mean it has to be in you, but it's in our world, just like influenza, just like other kind of stuff, and unless there's some kind of something that they develop that actually rids it, like polio or different things like that, to where they actually basically got totally rid of it, then it's here to stay, like influenza, common cold, things like that. It's no problem. Praise God. If I had to listen to me talk, I'd cry too. My kids are sad every day, and it's because they have to listen to me. So anyways, <laughs> praise the Lord. I try, to, I try to ignore, but when everyone's like, oh, the baby, it's like, okay, we'll just wait. It's no problem. So hallelujah. But, you know, this is here to stay in our world. And here's what I, I felt like the Lord just spoke something so clearly to me the other day. This is new to our immune systems as a whole, and that's why it's been so tough. Give it a year, give it two years, and it won't it won't be like it is because we, we build a strength up to those kind of things. Like I know the strand of flu is it, there's new strands that come out or whatever, but when the flu first came out, it was much more challenging to people's bodies than it is now because we've grown used to it. I'm not saying I grow used to, to getting the flu and, you know, puking and all that kind of stuff. No, in Jesus name, take authority over it. I had this thing try to come, I had COVID try to come up on me. I shared this with you guys. One night I had it try to come up on me. I could, I could feel it. I knew what it was. And immediately I rose up and I said, no. And it, it was gone. And I'm not saying that to puff me up. I'm just saying God's word works. God's word works. Hallelujah. And so the enemy is in to try and absolutely dismantle the truth of God's word in our heart in any and every area. And we have to realize all of the lies and things. And this is one thing I found, too, from somebody that dealt with COVID recently. And they're, they're a great prophetic voice in, in my life. And they said that one of the things they discovered was all of the lies that were attached to that, that, that sickness, attached to COVID. Because see, all of, this, all of this rotten stuff, this was never in God's 
plan. He's a good God. And you say, well, God controls everything that happens. God's given man a free will, and there are some rotten people in this world that do some really rotten, nasty things. And where was I going with that? And then I interrupted myself. Huh? Yeah, rotten. But I was going somewhere before that. So anyways, let me get back to reading this verse, and then that doesn't matter. Rabbit trail. Rabbit. Right? All right, here we go. I like that. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That tells you where the battle is. It's not with people. Amen. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand... Stand, therefore. I actually think the first part of verse 14 should have been stuck with verse 13. Having done all to stand, stand, therefore. You ever been to a place where it's like, I've done everything I know to do. Don't stop standing. Don't stop standing and don't remove the posture of your heart from facing that thing head on and saying, my God in his armor and his strength is more than enough to handle the thing that's coming against me. God is well able. His arm is not short. He is the most powerful force and the universe and beyond the universe and anything that any man could ever know or think or even believe, God is the most supreme, powerful thing that there is, and he lives on the inside of us. It's not a matter of having it. It's just a matter of knowing what we have. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. I don't have time now to go into all of this, and I, that wasn't my intention anyways, but let me tell you this. Having girded your, your uh, waist with truth, or we often refer to it as the belt of truth, you understand that this is the Roman armor that this is talking about. And so what was common is not only would they put their sword on their belt, but back then the guys wore skirts of sorts or whatever. And so they would, they would actually take their, their front part of their garment and they would tuck it into their belt so that they could run and not be hindered. You know what he's saying here? Put your truth on, and it will keep you from running and being hindered. Because whenever the lies come, you can say, nope, I've girded myself with truth, and you are not going to stop me, devil. You are not going to stop me from doing what I know that I'm supposed to do. You're not going to stop me from walking out this day with joy and peace and victory and just enjoying my family. No matter what's going on in the world, I'm not going to grow cold to the people that are in need, but I'm also not going to be so troubled by it that I can't even enjoy my own life. Devil, you are not going to bring me to that place. That's what truth will do for you. So in having, your, uh, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, righteousness is all about identity. It says, I belong to God. And when you put on righteousness, you put on God's righteousness, you're saying to yourself, I belong to God, and it doesn't matter what any demon in hell or anything would ever try to come against me, I belong to God. It's also a reminder to the devil who you belong to. And when you are confident in who you are because of how Christ has made you, it speaks volumes to the devil. He doesn't want to mess with a Christian that's confident in their identity. Because... He has, he, he, he's outmatched. He's outgunned. It can look like a David and Goliath situation. And in fact, it is a David and Goliath situation. 
You could have ten, you could have a legion, you could have a hundred legions, which would be a hundred thousand demons coming against you, and it's not enough to withstand you if you know who you are in Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And I want to finish with this very quickly. Above all, everybody say above all. Taking the shield of faith, which with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. I didn't mean for you to copy all of that or to repeat all of that. But above all, taking the shield of faith. Why? Why above all? Because if you are in faith, it doesn't matter what's thrown at you, you can stop it. Because if you understand the warfare and the battleground of the enemy, he can't just come in and just smite you with a sickness or a cancer or something like that. Now, he's an opportunist. I've found that when there are things that linger, physical problems and stuff, he has a way of, of trying to amplify that. And I don't understand how that works. I just know that he's an opportunist. But he does not have the authority to come in and just put sickness on you. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't fight it as if it's from the enemy because it definitely originates from the enemy. But there's a lot of stuff in this world that just is going on. Now it's just in the natural world. Does, does that make sense? But the deal is, is that the enemy wants you to believe that that thing, no matter what it is, whether it's a physical sickness, whether it's anything financially, no matter what it is, he wants you to believe that what that thing is, is greater than what you have. And if you can stand there in faith with your shield, and here's the thing, here's the thing about a shield, is that if you have things being shot at you intentionally, and know what the enemy does is he uses words in our minds. It's psychological warfare. That's his battleground. That's his place. And when they're being shot at us, you can take a shield and you can literally maneuver that shield every which direction from any direction that the enemy would shoot anything at you. You can cover your entire front side. You face him head on and you can literally move it and stop every dart that he would, that he would shoot at you. But I want you to notice something about this. It says that the shield of faith, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which it you can quench or stop or eliminate all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. A dart or an arrow is something that's intentionally aimed and shot to penetrate and cause harm. But why is it set on fire? It's because he wants to consume you. Have you ever been in that place where you had a thought come? <laughs> What's going to happen in this situation? What's going to happen in this relationship? What's going to happen with my job? What's going to happen with the economy? What's going to happen with this physical thing that I'm dealing with? What, and you can, the list goes on and on and on and on. And the next thing you know, that thought that was shot your way because you didn't hold up the shield of faith, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying us. <laughs> We've all been there. We didn't hold up the shield of faith. Not only did it penetrate, but because it was on fire, it began to consume us. My God. Anybody ever been consumed with, with just one thought? 
I mean, you're, you're, let's just see a show of hands. Who's ever been consumed with a thought? Pretty much every, every single person in here. So consumed. Why? Because that one thought, it wasn't just a thought and it was like, okay, well, ugh. yeah, you pulled the arrow out, but now you're on fire with it. You're being consumed by that thing. My only answer, if you're at a place of consumption, is you need, you need the water of the Word to come in and saturate you, to put the fire out, and then begin to strengthen you back up. But if we just will stand in faith, no matter what, no matter what's coming against us, we can say, nope, I know what God says. Nope, I know what God says. Nope, I know what God says. Not going to believe that. Not going to receive that. The Word says in Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 17, it says that, in fact, let's pull that up there and we'll close with this verse. Isaiah 54 and 17 this is a great verse. This is a life verse for me, but I want everybody to see it here. Isaiah 54 and 17. It says that every, excuse me, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I want you to notice two things here. Number one is that weapons will not prosper against you, but you need to know this. They are formed against you. This is, there's so much to this. No weapon formed against you. Why would there be a weapon formed against you? Because the enemy knows he is a smart enemy. He's not a powerful enemy, but he's a smart enemy. And he knows your weakness. And he will form and fashion a weapon to come against you. If your deal is, is like finances, you have a hard time trusting the Lord with finances, you just, it's just difficult for you, you can bet that he's always going to throw things your way with finances. You, you ever been there before? Or it's something physically, you've battled physically with stuff. And it's like you're always dealing with thoughts and fear or whatever. Those are weapons that are actually fashioned and formed specifically for you to try to take you out. But the good news is it says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. But it won't prosper based on the next thing. It says in every evil tongue which rises against you in judgment, here's the deal. You shall condemn. You have to take your mouth and you have to take the word of the Lord and you have to open up your mouth and you release the sword of the Lord and you cut that thing down every time and you will win every time because no weapon formed against you will prosper. Why? Because you take every evil word that's spoken against you, whether it be sickness, uh, financial brokenness, uh, relationship brokenness, you fill in the blanks no matter what it is that's spoken against you that says different than what God says about you. The way you cut it down, the way you stop it is with the shield of faith and you stop it and then you take it and you cut its head off. You cut it off right at the head and you say, you have no part of me. I condemn you. You have nothing to do with me. You will have no part in me. I'm blessed. I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I know who I am in Christ. I'm made in the image of God. I'm made in the likeness of God. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me, will quicken my mortal body. It will change everything in my life. It will stop every lie. It will stop every deception. It will heal my family. It will do everything that I need because you did devil are below me because of who I am in Christ. And that's how you do a little bit of devil stomping right there. You just pull out your sword and you say, no. One of the most powerful words you can learn is no. 
The enemy says this and you say no. And if you don't feel the change instantly, it doesn't change what's true about what God says about you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit OCIPerryville.com.